Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today I'm here with my sweet new friend Miranda, who is Miss South Dakota this year, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about her years as state title holder, her prep for Miss America, her CSI, her talent, all the things. So Meredith, tell or Miranda, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm just talking to my friend Mer- Meredith. No, you're okay. Actually, funny enough, I get Meredith and Miranda, or excuse me, Deb Miranda, Meredith and Amanda a lot. Like my whole life I have. So I just, I don't even think about it anymore. I just roll with the punches. Um, <laughs> but thanks for having me, Elizabeth. I appreciate it. Yeah. Miranda O'Brien, I am Miss South Dakota 2023, which the excitement of that, I don't think ever goes away. Like it's just, it still gives me chills to be able to say that and to be able to hold this position. Um, But grew up in South Dakota. I call myself a South Dakota girl through and through. Grew up in a tiny town of about a thousand people, graduated with just 22 other students. Yeah, small. I can see oh your face. <laughs> it it was a small town, um, but it provided me a lot of really great opportunities um, and went off to college on the other side of the state. So about six hours away and found the Miss America opportunity. I didn't know anything about it growing up other than just kind of like the basics of, oh, Miss America, it's on TV, you know, kind of just the general, what maybe some of the general public understands. And then a friend of mine started competing and really inspired me to get into it. Um, and that's just kind of where my journey started in college. And uh, it's it's been incredible. I've found a love for literacy. I've become a literacy advocate. That's my community service initiative. I have really grown in my confidence in singing, which is my talent. I know we'll get to talk more about that in a little bit. Um, But just the personal growth, the professional growth that I've gotten through this organization is really incredible. So that's just kind of a super quick spiel. Who's Miranda? Why is she doing this? What does she do? But yeah, just an overview. I love it. And you kind of alluded to it, but talk about what got you into pageantry. You said kind of in college, but talk about that story, like how you ended up competing. I I love sharing this story. So I am a very competitive human being. I always have been. And so, like I said, a friend of mine in college, her name was Miranda Mack. She was Miss South Dakota 2018. I always get the years mixed up in my head. I believe it was 2018. Um, We were friends. We were on the homecoming committee at our college together. She competed at our college local Miss SDSU and won. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I didn't know anything about it really. And then that summer she went to Miss South Dakota and won that. It's like, boom, boom. And then got to go to Miss America. And I I just remember thinking, that's incredible. She did that. And I had a stereotype in my head, like so many people do. You know, they think, oh, you know, pageants, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes. They are only for certain people or they only serve certain people. And she was outside of that stereotype with what she was studying in college. You know, she's this tall, really tall woman. And I just, like I said, she she broke that stereotype in my mind. And I thought, well, if she can do it, why can't I do it? And again, that competitive nature. So I signed up for that same local that she won, Miss SDSU, and learned rather quickly that I was not breaking the stereotype. That stereotype had been broken for years and years and years. The Miss America opportunity was about so much more than what I thought it was. You know, I thought, oh, it's about beauty. It's about this. It's about that. But it's it truly is about so much more. And I mean, that's the pillar of Miss America. That's why we choose to be in this organization is the service, the scholarship, the success. And of course, style is kind of a fun piece of that and the sisterhood. Um, But yeah, so I I competed at that first local, long story short, did not win, did not win, um, but had a blast. I remember got done. My family came 
because I told them, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. And they go, you're going to do what? And I said, yeah, I'm going to try a, I'm going to try a Miss, a Miss America competition. And they're like, okay, well, we'll come watch you and support you. And we got done with the competition. I wasn't even like first runner up or, you know, anything. And I was in tears and they were like, Oh my God, what's wrong. And I go, I loved this so much. And I want to do it again. And I want to be on the Miss South Dakota stage like this. It just feels right. It like felt like I was in my space. So I competed um, at every local after that. So I think I did six locals that year, five or six locals. <laughs> Finally won one um, right after the new year. So I was Miss Missouri Valley that year, got my first ticket to Miss South Dakota. And really, like I said, since kind of that moment that I set foot on that local stage, I just knew that this is something I needed to be a part of did Miss South Dakota and really opened my eyes to what it meant to be a state title holder, what it meant to have that opportunity to serve your state in that way. And I was hooked. I was going to do it and I was going to compete and I was going to give my all to try to be Miss South Dakota as long as I could. And I did it until I was 25. I just, I turned 26 today. Today is my birthday. So I, you know, I did it from, I think I was like 18, 19 years old when I started and, you know, up to 25, 26 years old. Okay, well, happy birthday. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. That's you. on your birthday. What? <laughs> yeah, I thought that'd be kind of a fun little little birthday gift to myself. Let's do a podcast interview. <laughs> I love it. Well, yay. I'm glad you're here. Um, okay, so you you talked about it a little bit earlier, but you're a singer. So talk mm -hmm. about your talent. What made you choose singing? Um, you know, how has that you said you've grown in confidence? So did you grow up singing? Talk about that journey. Yeah. So I've been singing my whole life. I, I grew up with teenage parents. So my mom had me right out of high school. Um, you know, so I was growing up while they were growing up and music and books are kind of two of the biggest things that I really remember from my childhood that really kind of created and solidified a bond with my mom and with my dad. And so always been singing, like some of my earliest memories are singing Barbie girl and green day in the, in my dad's like green Jeep. Green <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of opposite spectrum, but, um, yeah, a lot of pop, a lot of eighties, a lot of like alternative rock. Yeah. Um, have <laughs> a wide, wide, uh, vocabulary when it comes to music. <laughs> um, so I, you know, did choir and all the things in high school, even did choir when I was in college and always loved to sing, but I was the kid that like when we would have a concert growing up, if you looked at me, you could see me standing there and I would pick up one of my legs and scratch the other leg because I was so nervous. I would get itchy. Like that was my nervous tick as I was itchy. Um, and so when it came to singing in front of people, you know, I tried, we had like Black Hills Idol out in our area, kind of like American Idol, but just yeah. local. I tried that, you know, I was always so nervous and you could tell. And so I never made it very far in those kinds of things. And that was kind of the the thing with the Miss America competitions too, is, you know, I wanted to be able to sing, but I was just so nervous to do it. Um, and it's been really cool because the first year that I started singing, I just kind of, you know, at my first local competition, I think I sang a Christina Perry song, Arms by Christina Perry, sure. um, one that I'd sang for some other things, beautiful song, loved it, but just wasn't quite right for me. Um, made it to the state competition, sang Amazing Grace in German. Uh, again, beautiful and fun, but just, I, I wasn't 
I wasn't showing my personality. I wasn't showing who I was in that opportunity. Um, and so I decided to try musical theater the next year. I'd done musicals and um, plays and things in high school, but, you know, I was not like, I didn't think that that was my thing. Gave it a try and just loved it. You know, I got to really show people kind of this fun, bubbly side of myself, or, you know, maybe a little bit of a sassiness that you don't really get to show off in another way, especially in the areas of the Miss America competition. Um, so I've been doing musical theater now for a couple of years. And then actually at Miss South Dakota, the song that I sang is also the song that I will be singing at Miss America here in uh, about a week, actually a week today. We do talent a week from today. Ooh, I just had that realization. <laughs> Wild. Um, so I'm not going to say what it was. I'm sure if you did some digging on social media, you could probably figure it out. Um, but it's a little, it's, it's still... I still describe it to people as musical theater in a way. So I'm doing a jazz rendition of a pop song, very popular song, very popular artist right now. I'm sure if people thought about it really hard, they could probably figure out maybe who it is. Um, but I'm still playing a character. I still kind of get to put on a show. So I'm, you know, doing this jazzy version of a song that people kind of know and love and, and twisting it on its head a little bit. So people go, wait, what? I know this song, but I don't know this song. Um, which is really, really fun. And and from that first local competition, I remember that one and Miss South Dakota walking off the stage and being in tears because I was so nervous about singing. Like just like could vomit. <laughs> That's how nervous I was. And then to walk off the stage at Miss South Dakota this year and be in tears because of how incredible I felt, kind of that switch. You know, it took time. It took me six years um, but it's that that's one of the coolest things for me. I think with the Miss Miss America competitions, um, all of it's incredible, but just to see that growth in me doing something that I love so deeply with singing. Um, and I didn't even answer the beginning of part of the question. Why did I choose singing? I've been singing my whole life. Um, but I didn't, there was nothing else that I would ever do. You know, people said, maybe you should try a monologue or, you know, do you do anything else? I don't dance. So that definitely wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a dancer. <laughs> and I, I do love to speak, you know, my careers as a journalist. Um, I loved when we used to do pitch, you know, those were really fun to me. But singing was just something that in my heart, it just really felt like that was me. And that's what I needed to do on that stage. So long story short, that's my singing journey. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so we talked about talent a little bit, but what is your favorite phase of competition? And then kind of talk to us about why that phase is your favorite. I think my answer changes often with this question, <laughs> but I, I was doing a radio interview yesterday um, with this man who actually was one of our local competition judges this year. And we were talking about the private interview and, and just how impressed he was with kind of the women under pressure and, and just being thrown all of these crazy questions that we have no idea what's coming our way. Um, and as we were chatting about it, I really got to thinking, I'm like, yeah, I mean, private interview truly is kind of my favorite phase of the competition. You know, we're talking about talent to get to show my personality, but that's 90 seconds. That's 90 seconds to show, you know, whatever side of me I'm showing with whatever song I'm singing. But in that private interview, I get, you know, eight to 10 minutes to really, truly express, you know, how much I've grown with this organization, how much I believe in it, what I want to do with it, what I've done with my community service initiative, you know, why should I stand in this position? Why am I the right person to be Miss 
insert title here. Hopefully Miss America manifests that. Um, But I I love that private interview. And I, again, a competitive person. So I kind of like the pressure of it too, a little bit like, what are they going to ask me? (laughs) Am I going to get current event questions or am I going to get what's your favorite color? And I'm probably going to get both. And I just kind of love that. And I love that that is their opportunity to see just how well-rounded not only I am, but how well-rounded every woman in this organization is like that we can go from what is happening, happening politically in this country to what's your superpower, what makes you unique, you know, cause those are both important things and important things to be able to share. So I think I really do love that private interview portion. And I almost wish that others could see it. I think that might be stressful doing an eight minute private interview on stage. Um, but it would be kind of cool if that was like televised or something. And that would be kind of fun. I think. So too. I always love watching like reruns of the mm-hmm. America interviews that they release. I just think that's so fun because you really do get to see their personality. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about the phases of competition, but talk to us about your CSI. You know, what have you been doing it, doing with it this year as a state title holder? I'm sure you've got a cutesy name. So tell us that all the things. <laughs> we all come up with the best names for our service initiatives. Um, <laughs> mine is called Page Turners Fall in Love with Reading. So yes, of course. cute name. <laughs> Um, So the idea behind page turners is increasing literacy rates through access, education and representation. Um, And I actually started page turners um, about three years ago. Now I switched a few years um, into the competition. And when I was thinking about, you know, what, what means the most to me, you know, I, you could really pick anything and, and there's a reason for whatever you may pick, but I would, I wanted something that felt very authentic to Miranda. And as I mentioned before, you know, books in, in my early life and, and with, you know, how I grew up, those were so impactful to me and in doing research and with talking people, literacy is a foundation for your education, your career, your entire life. And if we can focus on increasing literacy rates, I think that we can see a lot of change in other areas of our country and of our world because it's not just a United States issue it's it's a world issue so one of the first things I started doing with my community service initiative was building little free libraries so my dad and I and then some of my friends and I constructed little free libraries out of recycled material and put those up across South Dakota mostly in rural areas and underserved communities because less than 15% of South Dakota towns have access to a public library and wow. oftentimes yeah it, that's shocking it is and when you look at South Dakota you know we're a large state we've got a lot of rural small towns so I I can see why that happens but that's that access piece you know you can't expect literacy rates to increase without having access to books. So that was really kind of where I started. And with that, I asked people on social media to give me their old books. I said, hey, you're cleaning off your shelves. You know, maybe you've had a book that you never read or you've read it a million times and you're ready to pass it on to somebody else. Let me take it. Let me take it. Let me redistribute it. Let me put it in those little libraries. Let me give it to the children's home, to the Department of Health, to the places that need it. Let me have those conversations and really get them what they need. And you don't even have to worry about it. I'll just take them off your hands. So um, for a long time, I had like 3,000 books sitting in my living room. Like I just had, yeah, I had piles and piles and boxes and boxes of books that I would distribute. Um, My basement currently even has like six boxes of books that I, I slowly hand out to people. Um, But I've been able to redistribute 10,000 books and donate 10,000 books over the last few years, which has been pretty incredible. Um, 
So Little Free Library is donating books. Those were kind of the the original ideas. And then a podcast of my own actually grew out of that this last year. Um, big podcast lover, listen to them constantly while driving, especially as Miss South Dakota with all the miles I put on. Um, and my coach, my friend was like, hey, you should do a podcast. I think that would be really great. I was like, yeah, I mean, that would be pretty cool. And I had some ideas of you know, who I would talk to and what that would look like, but I didn't know how to make that come to fruition. So of course I wanted it to be, you know, speaking about literacy and talking with authors and literacy advocates, people on unique reading journeys, but where do I start? How do I begin that? Um, so a favorite author of mine, PC Cast, she um, wrote some vampire novels. Uh, those were my favorites, <laughs> but I followed her on social media and I th- thought, you know what? shoot your shot, right? Why not just try? Why not just see? Um, So I messaged her and I commented on a bunch of her posts. Also did the same thing to Stephanie Meyer. Also did the same thing to Elena um, of Morbid Podcast, if anybody listens to that one. Um, I was like, I'm just going to bombard these three people, you know, dreaming big right here, right away. But I just want to you know, what What can I do with this? Never heard from Stephanie Meyer. Totally okay. Never heard from Elena. Totally okay. But I did hear from PC Cast. She messaged me and she said, absolutely. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what? that's crazy. And so she was actually my very first interview that I did for my podcast. And we talked so much about being an author. We talked about banned books because many of her books have been banned. We talked about access representation, you know, just so many things. This was like an hour and a half episode right off the bat. Um, and it, it was not the first one that I, I put out there, but it was the first one that I got to do and it really lit a fire under me. And I was able to have conversations with people like Michael Threets. If you've heard of him on Book Talk, he's a librarian in California. His episode of mine actually comes out tomorrow. Um, Oliver James, he's another person that maybe you've heard of on Book Talk. He's 32, 33 years old and is teaching himself to read. And at 33, 32 years old, you know, came to the realization that he could read enough to get by, but he wasn't truly living. He wasn't truly growing as a human being. And he was about to have a child and didn't want to pass that, you know, kind of trauma that he had surrounding reading and education onto his child. And so he's been pushing himself to talk about literacy and to talk about mental health. And so just the the conversations that I've been able to have have been really, truly incredible. So I've had two seasons now. Season two wraps up tomorrow with the 15th episode, um, right in time to head to Miss America. But those are kind of the three main pieces. There's some other little bits and things that I've done, you know, public service announcements, that kind of stuff. But providing books, creating those little free libraries, and then talking about education, access, and representation through the podcast. Well, that's a lot. I've been talking too much. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my gosh. No, you've got lots to talk about, which is a good problem. Um, yeah. Okay. So final question. And it's kind of a hard one. Why do you think the judges selected you to represent the state? Oh, uh, Elizabeth, you sent me these questions and I was looking at that one. And I, I, I always like to look through questions, you know, being a journalist, it's nice to have those, but I also love off the cuff answers. So I was like, I'm going to glance at them, but I'm not really going to think about them. But I did see that one. And I went, Mm, I should think about that, but I don't want to. I, for me, I I have to believe that, you know, it was timing that this was just the right time, of course. But I mentioned, I think earlier, you know, you could get asked questions like, what are your favorite color? Or what's your superpower? 
what's your superpower was one that I was actually asked in my interview. And so I I shared that my superpower is being me. It's being authentically and unapologetically Miranda. The person that you watch on your TV screen when I'm doing the news is the same person that's in this interview. It's the same person that's on stage. It's the same person that's in her living room with her friends and family. Same person that's baking, you know, uh, those those are all Miranda. They're all the same person. And I'm, I'm always, I'm always me. Um, and so I think that was part of it. I think just being completely Miranda, sharing my story, my background, how I grew up, you know, why I believe in this organization, why I believe in empowering women to find success and find opportunity and doing that as authentically as possible. I have to believe that that's why it was my time. That makes sense. That was a phenomenal answer. So I'm sure they were like, oh, she's with it. So we left her. (laughs) They said that they wanted to just keep chatting with me, which when you hear that, when you, and so to anybody who's listening, um, you know, I I know that getting judges feedback is not necessarily something that we always get. So for non-pageant quote unquote people that may be listening, we don't always get feedback for the competitions that we do. Only like if you win, you know, do you get some sort of feedback um, but that was really incredible to hear because I had I'd had other interviews where um, they thought I was robotic because of my journalistic background. They were like, oh, she's too perfect. She's too polished. And so that was why I really, yeah, see, you see the eye roll. It's, you know, yeah. and it, it is what it is. But that's why in that state interview, when I got to that point, I said, you know what? At this point, I might as well just lay it out on the table that this is me. You know, if if you think this is ro- robotic, I apologize, but this is just Miranda. This is who she is. And she's not going to change. She's not going to mold herself to to fit what you think she needs to be. This is who she is. Um, and to hear that and to hear somebody say, yeah, we just we were just vibing with it the whole time. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for seeing that this is who I am and and that I'm really truly just sharing my story and my personality. So so never be afraid to share who you are and to be steadfast in who you are. Yeah, that's so affirming. Yeah. I love that. And I love that that was the time that you won. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much Miranda for coming on. Again, I know you're crazy busy with Miss America prep and it's also your birthday, which I did not yeah. know. So <laughs> I so appreciate you coming on and chatting with me. This was so much fun. I feel like I learned so much about you and just know that we'll be cheering you on all the way from Texas um, as you compete next week. So you're going to do amazing. And I so appreciate you coming on and chatting with me. And I will see the rest of you guys in our next episode. Bye, (laughs) y'all.